Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello. I'm not even going to introduce the episode. Chloe. Hi, Marka. No need to introduction. I'm assuming a lot of people already know who you are, and I'm too excited to chat than to go over and say, this is what it is, this is what it is. Let's chat about podcasting. Okay, let's do this. I mean, I think that we were laughing before we started recording that you already did three different podcasts on ITSP Magazine, kind of like the evolution of podcasting with Chloe Mazdagi. Yeah. And you did it with uh, with a couple of friends. And one of those, Philip, which we just spoke about uh, the podcasting in this new series on Audio Signals. And uh, you always come in the conversation because the reason why I met Philip Wiley is because of you. And it was back at RSA conference, I think, like four years ago. Something <laughs> Before like that. the pandemic. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Before that thing. That, uh, yeah, that we all believe in. But we stayed in touch no matter what. We got to see each other. Some of you actually got in person. And, uh, and that's the beauty of podcasting, webcasting, audio, video, and all the digital world and tools that we have and allow us to carry the conversation. So, again, you actually had another show with him and with uh, Alyssa. And uh, so... It's your third experience now because you're doing an, another show changing uh, from the change making to now strategizing security. So it's a little bit more focused on cybersecurity. But let's do a little introduction about yourself. But okay. I'll let you do it because I'm not good at it. And, uh, and then we dive in. We talk about podcasting today. Um, so I've had various different titles and throughout, I think, my time with ITSP, uh, but if you could sum it into two different titles, I would say a security solutionist. Basically, I'm trying to improve our industry, but also improve security teams and making sure products that we come out for security actually meets the demands that are needed for security teams to you know, be successful. Um, the other thing is I am a philanthropist. I have been, I would say, since I can remember, all I want to do is make the world a better place, no matter how cheesy that is or how that sounds, um, or like a pageant question asking and saying what you want to see in the world. I want to help the world. It's basically that. I want to have a life full of meaning. And I think with being with ITSP Magazine, I've had like those three podcast series, which has basically been the evolution of myself throughout the years of being and knowing you, Marco. 
Well, I share a lot of the way you feel it. And I think that that's the way we, we all get along very well. And we, even if each one has his own focus and his own topic, uh, we all, we're all in for this idea that we wanted to educate people, um, share knowledge, learn ourselves. Because I feel like when I do podcasting, I do learn a lot. Like I, I'd rather be the, you know, the dumbest person in the room and learn. And but I do share your view about if we can improve the the view about a topic that is relevant for our society, and one person maybe get inspired to do something better for it, I I'm happy. Uh, you know that one person that listen out of many. I hope. Um, I feel like we we are accomplishing something. So it's not naive at all, Chloe. It's not <laughs> not naive. <at> <laughs> Um, so tell me about this evolution. Uh, when you decide to change the focus of the conversation and it's a new show, of course, you're still you, right? But yeah. how, how do you decide what the content that you want to create is the, the most important and the timing is right to make that change? Yeah, I would say that I hope the timing is always spot on, but sometimes it's not. Um, but I would always say that I think in the first couple of years in cybersecurity in itself, I think the one thing that really drew like the conversations of that first podcast series was about people's journeys into the field and how they're not, you know, there is nothing that's exactly the same. Almost every single person that we had as a guest you know, probably didn't have a computer science degree or did have a computer science degree, but ended up in this industry by chance. And that's kind of what happened to Alyssa, to Phil and myself. It came by pure accident that we fell into it and we've fallen in love with it. And so I thought that the best timing ever was all these conversations about, you know, this, how do we get more people to join this industry? And I think the one thing that many of us have you know, heard or felt in some part before entering was that this wasn't a space that was open to us because we didn't see people like us with our backgrounds. And so having those conversations with, you know, well-known people that are making a difference in this industry, I think that's the, that's the most important thing that we can do is show that uncommon journey of how we get to where we are and how this industry is opening for so many different people, no matter what your background is. Now, the second one was the change making podcast, which what I wanted to do was to give a mic to organizations that are trying to improve things in our industry. That could be anything from, you know, people of color to have opportunities. It could be anything from gender to make sure that they feel that they belong to be here as well. And that's what those conversations were about was really just giving the mic giving them a, an entire 30 minutes or so to talk about their organization, their journey of creating the organization and what they need from the, from people that are listening. And I thought that was a perfect timing in some ways, because it was during the pandemic and it was when we were starting to have these difficult, challenging conversations where we started realizing we wanted to do something more. We wanted to give back. We wanted to get involved in some sort of way because what we were seeing in the news every day was depressing. And so the only way that we cut through something like that dark is by seeing a light somewhere. And so I think 
the change making was trying to provide that light. Um, and then now we have secure your strategy. And what that came about was having all these conversations I've worked since working in cybersecurity with various people on security teams and different titles and talking about the issues that it's just so systemic within our industry and realizing, well, maybe we can find these remedies or we can find the solutions to make these things better. And that's by having those really uncomfortable conversations sometimes, because that's when we, when we get in discomfort, that's when change happens. And so that's what secure strategy is about, is exploring the different strategies to improve what is happening right now in security teams. And, you know, as, I, as I'm following this, uh, this journey, uh, consider that was the, the first name of this show. And that uncommon journey. <laughs> uncommon yeah. Journey. There is a thread. It's not that one day you just wake up and you said, ah, today I'm going to talk about movies and cartoons and aliens or, I mean... <laughs> it is an evolution of the same conversation, right? Because yeah. it, it all is all about the, the info security industry. But also, I have to say that you just mature your conversation with what you've done before, right? Yeah. You're still bringing the diversity. I know how passionate you are about that and, and changing things and ESG and, and all of that. So it's just like a different angle, but still still you and and I love that I mean uh, your passion always uh, always come through um what I would like to talk about here and that's what I did this is the second episode of this podcasting conversation a conversation about podcasting and the first one was Philip Wiley which again that's how we met so <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up again thank you very much um we talked about what that meant for for him and for you, because you, you are both ambassadors, whatever you want to define yourself. But the point is, you're you're bringing the voice of the industry of the the, the people that come in the industry uh, to a larger audience, and you're passionate about it. So we celebrated his hundredth episode last time. I didn't count how many episodes you've done. <laughs> But the point is, <laughs> the point is, I want to know what has meant for you to, for your personal, you know, profession, personally and professionally to podcast. What what does it mean to you? How did you decide it? You know what? I'm I'm going to start doing podcasting, creating content that I can share with people, and how the evolution has been. I hope it was good overall. Yeah. I think it always comes from, I have this scratch that I need to scratch. And, and what it is, is like, I want to have an understanding about how the world works or how something works. And I'll go to one of my favorite apps is Blinkist, for example. Like, I want to know everything I possibly can learn about this world. And one of those things that comes to my mind is, well, I bet, you know, there's so many conversations being had around the world and I would love to be the fly on the wall just to hear them so I can have an understanding. Like there's been times in my life where I have a this most insightful conversation with a stranger and I wish it was recorded because I feel like that could have helped someone else out. And so when I look at podcasts, I think about that is allowing other people to see and witness and to learn something together because I don't have a lot of answers. 
but I do have an inquisitive mind where I want to understand things, how they work and why is it this way and how do we make it better? And there are so many people out there in our industry that have those ideas, those solutions. And so having those conversations with people, I don't know the answers they're going to give. If anything, I'm learning every time I'm having a conversation with someone. And so that's how podcasts are so important and can be used as a tool to like better the world, but also to better our industry because podcasts are empowering that we can all share knowledge with each other and to keep those conversations going or at least keep these little light bulb moments in other people's head where now they want to dive into it and keep progressing their learning. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I come from passion for radio. I think that's why I, at the end we started doing a lot of podcasting and sociology of communication. So I was actually listening to a, a podcast in Italian um, about certain research they've done on podcasting, which it embraced an entire category of audio and sound, right? So in there goes the radio itself, of course, the podcasting, which is pretty much a radio on demand. And then there is, you know, the, the, the audio book, which is still a dramatization they mm -hmm. used to do on radio many, many years ago, and it's coming back. And so they look at the future and, and what they look at, it's like how podcasting uh, from a sociological perspective, how it is, it is a very democratic media and, and the video now as well. I mean, the old digitalization with YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. I mean, everybody can get a voice. You don't have to go through a publisher or a, a, a radio network or anything you just produce your own content so the competition i mean that's good but also there is a lot of oh bad, so many bad stuff <laughs> <laughs> so how how do you think we can based on your experience you know i mean apart from the quality of the conversation but how how have been i've have been using the element of podcast maybe to glue your your personal mission your personal brand and you know even with the company you've been working with? Yeah, I would say that it provides gro growth opportunities, but having something that, that's multimedia, like having a video, for example, with it, I think that changes things because, you know, you may not be one of those people that can focus on just hearing, but you have to see it and connect it with what you're hearing as well. And so I think having different multimedia platforms when doing the podcast, like what we're doing right now, I think that is more inclusion in many ways. Um, and so I think that's a good start on making sure that you can bring in different audiences, but also that you could still continue to get that message out from different platforms. And how about uh, the application of all the comp? Well, let me let me go back. So let's look at it from a marketing perspective, you know, content marketing, especially in our industry, Content marketing is a big thing, but it's just a sale. Sorry, people marketing out there. I love you, but you know, let's be honest. Sometimes it's literally a sale in disguise, right? And I am a big fan, and we can go into business for good, like you know, ESG and, and all this kind of thing. Like you can still promote your business and what you do, your book, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but still when you do that. I'm a big fan of 
telling a, a good story, really bringing a, a quality element in your content to the audience. And it's a delicate balance. What, what's your take on that? Like from content that is clearly just vendor <laughs> and not just in the industry. I mean, every single industry right now, it's tapping on that. But how can we do the good and also do a run a business? Yeah. ESG. <laughs> I would say like there's definitely been times where like I'm hired by a company to participate in a podcast or a webinar that they're doing. And it's like, make sure you plug this product in, make sure you plug that product in. Um, and I'll be honest, I will not do any webinars with companies where I don't believe in the product first. You get to, you get to pick and choose who you want to do business with. Um, but also I don't really do really good sales pitches in a sense. Um, I always think about it as like, what do my customers want to hear? What What is their pain? And then let's make sure that we explore that pain and come up with different solutions, not just, hey, use this tool and they'll solve everything because it's not going to solve everything. You get all the tools in the world, but if your security team is burned out, that's not going to do anything. <clears throat> And so in those cases, I'll be like, okay, let's focus on a certain leadership problem and let's focus on that. And that's what we're going to bring that webinar podcast about is talk about this leadership problem that, you know, this type of title is dealing with all the time and there's not enough information out there to help them. So we're going to have that and we're going to have guests on there that actually sit in those roles and we're going to have a conversation about it. And then at the end, if needed, you can always plug the product, but to be honest, you're already plugging the product already and the company when they're already coming to your webinar because now they're like, oh, I really like these podcasts or this webinar. I want to learn more of what other things they have out there. So then they're on your website checking things out. Um, but, you know, as long as it's not, I would say <laughs> you have to be very particular about how you go about product push. I always find like you could always do it at the very, very end. But once again, it's not a product push. You can always say like, you know, if you like what you heard today and you wanna hear more about these podcasts or hear more of these stories, you know, tune into our next one or check out the link below to check out that video. And I think that's a subtle way of doing it. But I think that's how you have to kind of think about that is that you need to build trust with people first. And then from trust, then it might turn into a sales thing but I mean, there's, I'm not a marketing person, so it might be very different from what other people say. But I think the first things first is, you know, you have to build your audience and you have to build a following. And the best way how you do it is you listen to what their needs are and you provide them with that. I think it's about being a sincere brand. I think yeah. we hear a lot lately, like, you know, before it was a company could pretend and now you just can't. Uh, it's gonna, the truth is going to come up eventually. And so you better have a, stick with your vision and your mission and be sincere. And I, I'm saying this because I think it applies also to people like me and you that if we do have a vision and we stick and we are legit in the conversation, obviously we need to make a living. Right. <laughs> we need sponsors. We need 
um, advertisement. You need a company to hire you to do certain things. But I think we can do it still retaining that legitimacy and, and contributing. So uh, I'm glad that you, that you share that. And, and again, I know I bring up the ESG quite a bit because I know you have a big interest in mm -hmm. that. And, uh, and, and I think it applies in everything. It's just not a business thing. It's, yeah. it's for everyone. It's for everyone. And I think what we're seeing right now across the US is there are certain states that are trying to prevent ESG standards and DEI. And so if you think about it that way, it's basically people stepping up saying, we don't want to show these things because if we do, our business will go under or people are going to ask questions and they're going to pull the string and then it's going to undo. And then we're going to find out all the terrible things we've been doing. Um, I think ESG kind of sets the precedent of understanding that like, particular like Gen Zers and millennials they want to be part of something that's making a difference. Where they work, they want to see change. They want to see a company that's responsible and is taking accountability for its actions and is planning a future. And how I see ESG frameworks is that it is a way to minimize your risk in the future. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, but to be honest, it helps you set up goals. It helps bring your whole company on the same page about what you want and what is your plans. But I think the risk management thing plays a huge role because transparency matters at this time. Because if you're not going to be transparent, people are going to poke holes at it and they're going to find out things. You might as well just put it all out there first. Now, there are, of course, greenwashing and that kind of stuff, uh. too. But to be honest, that stuff does come out, you know, eventually. So I think that's that's kind of the thing. And and one of the the things that makes me it's so intriguing is that in our particular industry, we don't talk about ESG at all. And and it's something we have to because they talk about cybersecurity in there. And it's not even that good. And so this is a huge concern because if you're if all these companies that are public companies have ESG frameworks, and then they're using their cybersecurity, the ones that are part of those ESG frameworks, it is not detailed enough. It's missing a lot of things in it. And that frightens me a little bit um, because we need to be involved in these conversations and we can't just be talking with each other about like, oh, how cybersecurity would be better and we need to go outside that. And then also we need the outside to start caring about cybersecurity. And it's it's one of those things, it's, it's building bridges, right? And I think ITSP Magazine kind of does those bridges quite often too, but having more of those bridge conversations and ESG frameworks, I think is that place where we all need to start going on that bridge and figuring this out together. It is all about bridges, even Alisa Miller securing, you know, bridges. That's yeah. for sure. It's you're talking between business and and security team and CISOs and all of that. But the reason why I, I, I ask you about that and, you know, we talk about your interest and what you're passionate about is because, yes, this is still a podcasting conversation. So I know you may not be as excited by the technicality like maybe you know <laughs> philip or sean and i that we talk microphones and stuff but but i will like i think that people that listen to you they can feel this passion and maybe they they want to start 
giving it a go at having their own podcast, inviting even their friends. Because you you don't have to have the celebrity or the expert. You can have people love to listen to candid conversations. And it's incredible. It Companies in the broadcasting industry, they spend so much money in market research. And then some TikTok guy with the lowest quality on the video and the audio uh, with the most unexpected conversation, they get millions of view. So you never really know what is going to work. But yeah. I think what is going to work is what you're passionate about. So if you had to give an advice to someone that's like, I want to start a, to do what Chloe does um, at any level, you know, of course, you, you know, people in the, in the executive roles in the company, but let's say somebody younger. I mean, what, what would be your advice to start having your voice heard? Yeah, I would say that social media is a great tool for that. Um, it's first listening, listening to the conversations, listening to what people are saying, and then from there, you come up with ideas of, okay, this is a topic that is resonating with a lot of people, and it doesn't seem like a lot of people are talking about that particular topic. I think that's how you get started. The other thing is just doing it, and that's the hardest thing, right? That's like, what happens if I fail? I'm going to be honest with you. Your first podcast episode, you may get like 10 listeners, but then if you are doing one every week, if you're doing one every other week, you have a set schedule and you know you have several different guests, it starts generating more and more viewership. And I think that's the thing is we have to be afraid to fail because you're never gonna take that leap if you're so scared of failing. And to be honest, everyone starts from nothing to make something. And so that's the hardest bit. And that's only, and no one is going to be able to tell you how to do that. It's going to be internally within you to figure out how to get that confidence that you need to do that jump. And even if you get 10 people, it's way more than if you're talking to the wall or your mirror. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so exactly. And, and I mean, it could be fun. Yeah. I mean, podcasts can be so much fun, um, especially when you get some guests that are just like, let's, Let's just have a conversation and see what happens. I think that's like a lot of the ITSP magazine podcast series like I've done and maybe others. It's more of like having conversations. It's not like, all right, we're going to talk about the following things in order. Here are the questions I'm going to give you. Here are what you're going to say. It's it's more of like, let's be real. Let's be one with another. And because I think that's when the best conversations are, are happening is when yeah. you just yourself well, it is called conversations at the intersection right? of technology yeah. services for a reason and i i get sometimes pr company that you know they place maybe an author or a book is like what question are you going to ask i'm like i don't know yeah. <laughs> Honestly, i don't know these are the three bullet points that's the book let's yeah. talk about that uh do you have some memories or for example you you, you had tried to be a co-host with three people, which is yes. kind of tough, I guess, to it, get organized. Maybe. I sometimes have a problem being two, but I enjoy it. When we're two people co-hosting, the conversation, it, it's, it's very much alive, but also I love panels. So I like mm -hmm. to have three, four people because I really just jumping in here and there just to be sure everybody's saying something right. How, how is for you? I mean, do you enjoy more of those one-on-one -on -one conversation? Like, you know, I've seen 
couple of the latest <laughs> one, like Jane Franklin and, and some other interesting uh, guests that you always have. What's your cup of tea? I really like one-on-one conversations, <laughs> um, but I think for listeners, they may enjoy more panels because there's more people in the room having different thoughts and opinions. Um, but I'm one of those people, I am introverted. And so one of the things that always comes about is when I'm on a panel, for example, I don't know when to chime in. And so sometimes if there's more people, I'll be more quiet on it. Mm. And I know this is also like in Zoom calls. It's just like when there's more people in the room, there's more of like, I don't want to interrupt someone. I don't, you know, it's it's very hard, right? So I think those are the challenging moments when it's like a one-on-one conversation. It allows me to, you know, be able to be more relaxed in the moment. And I wonder if that's something of a case for other people as well that are guests. That I'm going to ask you that because for being an introvert, you, you, you're not that much, or at least it doesn't show. It doesn't right? show. So how about some way that you overcome that and, and you can put yourself first of all you you speak in public you speak yes. on stage so <laughs> you know that's another story for me i'd be more nervous i am more nervous when i do that than when i'm like you know in front of the mic uh, kind of like you know radio style but i don't consider myself an introvert uh, so for me it's easy to start the conversation but but a lot of people that may be introvert maybe they want to start this what yeah. what give can you give them some advice on that because i want more yeah. and more people oh yeah to have a podcast to, to get their voice out there so yeah i mean i would say that you know there's different parts in play i don't think anyone's like 100 percent introvert everyone's extra 100 extra yeah. i think we're all on a, like a sliding scale yeah but I would say that also it depends on if I'm feeling confident or not. There's definitely times where I don't feel confident and I can always tell when I'm not confident when I'm on a podcast because there's a lot of filler words or there's pauses or there's like, uh, you know, and I can see that I'd hear that I'm stumbling because I'm too much in my head in the moment. And so one thing I've realized is, you know, I need to be myself it's okay to be myself and, you know, don't pick at myself. And that helps a lot. I think you got to have like, you know, have a positive coach in your head be like, you got this, you got this, you're just being you, you know, mm. this topic, because it's you, this is what you do. This is who you are. Um, and so you just need to be confident with what you're talking about. And I think that's a lot of things like what we call imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, but getting on stage, what I do, and it's, a lot of people do ask me that, like, you're an introvert, but then you go on stage and you give yeah. talks. Um, and I learned something, which was in acting. When you go on stage, you become a character. So that's how I get out of it, out of my comfort zone, is that I see myself as someone who is an extrovert and someone who feels comfortable on stage that believes in themselves. Yeah. And then I get on stage and then I'm like, I got this. I have hmm. this. But then right when I get off those steps of the stage, then I kind of go back into that introvert and it's very slow. And like some of my closest friends and family members, they always notice that about me is when I get on stage, I'm a very different person 
because I'm very talkative on stage. But then when I get off stage, I get kind of shy with other people. That's the an interesting tip. I, I heard many. I've, I've actually talked to like uh, people that have done TEDx and they get a lot of coaching and all of that. And, the, you know, it's like I, somebody said a, a joke at the beginning. Somebody make, you know, establish a really pretend that the audience is not there. Or maybe, you know, eye contact with the audience. But the fact that you're like acting this, it, it makes me think, I don't know, I was just envisioning like, you know, I don't know, Ziggy Stardust, one of <laughs> David Bowie, you know, <laughs> persona, because he created all these many different persona. Yeah. But it wasn't really him, you know, it's not the White Duke is not, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of, of him, but that's that's the thing is like, you, you go there, you're acting it. So your your experience on that. But, but I think it's also okay to be yourself yeah. and to stumble and to have those moments of pause. And, and I think people are okay with that. Look, you want to see something super professional, then yeah, go see the TEDx, go, go to the movie, go to TV. But I think you, we got to keep it real. That's my thing. Yeah. Podcasting and, and creating content online. I, for me, podcasting now is also video. I don't even want to distinguish between. <laughs> I just call it podcasting. Even attaching a, a piece of written article on that or the transcript. Artificial intelligence now, it may not be perfect, but it can help you to translate stuff and, and get a pretty decent transcript. Yeah. I, I started to do that. And uh, and if that allows people that normally wouldn't be able to see, I mean, to hear it, or maybe they can see it, and there is a another artificial intelligence they read. Um, I mean, I don't know. There is so many different ways. Reach twenty five different languages yeah. just with one chat. Uh, GTP. Uh, yeah. We're well, not going to talk so about that one. No, we're <laughs> not going to go on there. But if there is any introverts that are listening, there's this really good book, and it's called Quiet. And it really talks about being an introvert and how, you know, the world really celebrates people that are extroverted and how being an introvert and in that place that you play, but also the shifts that are needed because introverts are really important to have leadership roles as well. So it's a really good book to read. Um, I am a bookworm, hence yeah. introvert, but... <laughs> Um, would you share that with uh, with me so I can put it in the resources? Yeah, definitely can, on that one. That and other um, other book that yeah. you, you think people that listen to you may be finding interesting yeah. and and, uh, and and follow with that. So I uh, I think I'm gonna start wrapping here okay. and uh, we keep it in the 35 minutes as we we were planning. Uh, I'm gonna leave you the mic. Okay. Uh, I love to say that. <laughs> I'm going to leave you the mic to close and uh, I don't know, use it the way you want to. Either you want to encourage people to start podcasting. You want to invite people to come on your show, sh share the, get in touch with you, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I, I know, know that you are always so positive and uh, I'm not even going to come back. I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to say, stay tuned. There'll be more audio signal, <laughs> more conversation about podcasting. And Chloe is going to end this for me. Thank you. Well, as Marco and, and myself, what we just discussed is that to have a successful podcast or even to be successful in life, you have to be yourself. Even when I talked about getting on that stage and giving talks and how uncomfortable it is for someone who's an introvert like myself, 
the one thing is that even though I take, I'm going into this mode of becoming an actor, getting on stage, feeling comfortable, I'm still myself. The only thing that I see that's different is that I vision myself as being extroverted. It's not changing who I am. I still have the same beliefs, everything. I'm exactly the same person. The only difference is that I now have the, the ability to speak publicly because that's usually not something that is comfort for me sometimes. So the most important key takeaway is when you are yourself, you do draw people to want to get to know what you're doing, the work that you're doing, but also they want to hear those conversations. Because I think that we're starting to question whether or not if someone who's an influencer or someone who's out in public is, if that's who they really are, you know, outside and, and inside, you know, when the public's not watching. And to be honest, I think the most amazing people that I've met are people that this is who they are behind closed doors and being out in public. And if you feel uncomfortable being yourself in public, I think that's a time to look more into yourself and be like, why, why do I feel scared to be myself in public? Why is it scared for me to show my personality? Why is it so scary for me to talk about the things I care about in the world? And really take that moment and think about that. And then maybe make that into a podcast series. Because I think that's the thing we have to think about is you have to bring yourself to the forefront when you're creating anything. Companies that are started, the reason that they are how they are is because the person who founded it wanted to ensure that the culture would you know, be similar to who they are. So you cannot get away from your personality or who you are. You never will be able to because that's who you are. You live and breathe within yourself. So it's time to get comfortable within yourself and go out there and rock the world by being who you are because everyone else is taken. So don't waste your time being someone else. And check out, you know, secure your, <laughs> secure your strategy podcast not to do a sales pitch here because once again we've gone over this <laughs> do that do that do that beautiful speech i'm not adding anything <laughs> bye everybody thank you chloe so much i had a, a lot of fun thank you so much we hope you enjoyed this episode of audio signals if you learned something new and this podcast made you think then share itspmagazine.com with your friends family and colleagues if you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.